0: We're in Revelations 2, um, verses 1 to 7, which is uh, to the church of Ephesus. And um, when Andy and uh, um, Rachel had spoken about uh, the things this country's been going through just at the moment and the division that there is, I just suddenly thought to myself, oh, that connects as well. I knew how God was speaking to me about the word that He's given us to do with us and the church. And I thought it actually connects into what's going on in the world around us. So let's just uh, uh, look at the, what we're reading today, which is Revelations 2, 1 to 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write the following. This is the solemn pronouncement of the one who has a firm grasp on the seven stars in the right hand. Sorry, in his right hand the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works as well as your labour and steadfast endurance and you cannot tolerate evil. You have even put to the test those who f- refer to themselves as apostles but are not and have discovered that they are false. I am also aware that you have persisted steadfastly, endured much for the sake of my name and have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have departed from your first love. Therefore remember from what height, sorry, what high state you have fallen and repent. Do the deeds you did at, at the first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. That is, if you do not repent. But you do have this going for you. You hate what the Nicolaitans practice, practices I also hate. The one who has an ear had better hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will permit him to eat from the tree of life that is the paradise of God. We had um, an all day prayer meeting, well, not meeting, an all day prayer on Friday. Some of you know this. And we took different times of the day. And. Uh, I I did what I often do when I want to get closer to God I get away from everything I just go for a walk somewhere and just see how God speaks to me through his kingdom basically through you know just through the world we live in and uh, one of the things that very much struck me and I felt God really emphasised to me was this and it's just a simple phrase but actually to me it was hitting home a bit it says Freedom Church is us we are not part of it It is us. We can sometimes think of church as something we go to. We can think of it as a group of people like we are. And we forget actually, no, you're not part of this church. You are this church. Because without each individual in this church, there's no church. That's what, if you like, what uh, Christianity is about. It's a group of people who believe in Christ. So we are Freedom Church. So when we read some of these scriptures and that when they're referring, particularly in Revelations at the moment when they're referring to a church, God is referring to us because we are the church and it's something that's, that to me as well has been coming up over this last, I know, seven or eight months is the fact of we are all individuals but corporately we're in Christ. So we've all got a responsibility for our own journey, for our own mistakes, for everything that we do but actually we're brought together which forms a bigger body and we're there to assist and help each other and actually to make God's kingdom bountiful, if you like. Not one of us has got all the gifts. Not one of us can do everything on their own. So we come together corporately, but actually we're built up of individual people and that's us, each one of us here. In John 14, 20, it says this, you will know at that time that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. And also in John 6:56, it says, the one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood resides in me and I in him. Very appropriate, we just took communion and actually I didn't put that in there because we were taking communion, I forgot we were doing it this morning. Christ is in us. And again, I think sometimes we have a job to grasp that. So wherever we go, Christ is with us. But we do have free will, so we can choose to listen to Him or ignore Him. And I think sometimes our problem is we choose to ignore Him. We'll take an easy path rather than the harder one, the one perhaps He wants us to go on. That was something else God was speaking to me about the other day. We've got to be listening to God and what He wants us to do. God knows what we have done, and he gives us credit for it, but we must keep going. So God knows all of our good works. He knows everything that we've done for him. He knows how hard we work for him. He knows the time and the effort we put in, but we must keep going. We mustn't get complacent. In verse 2, it says, I know your works as well as your labour, and steadfast endurance so God is telling us he knows everything that we're doing and that you cannot tolerate evil you have even put to test those who refer to themselves as apostles but are not and have discovered that they are false well actually the only way you can put anybody to the test to know whether they're right or not you've got to know the word and you've got to be connected with God otherwise you're just judging people which is not what we're supposed to be doing Many people here know that I say, don't take my word for things and don't take Keith's word for things. Check it yourself. It's our responsibility. You can't turn around and say, because that person preached it, I did it, so I'm okay. No, it doesn't work like that, I'm sorry. (laughs) The other point is really, I suppose, is, is you can reverse a lot of this stuff and say, well, if I'm not doing these things, I ought to be. So if you don't feel you're doing works so or you've done nothing for God and you're not laboring and you're not steadfast and you're not enduring well actually you need to start doing it because this is what God expects from us. When we come to God we come to him with nothing with sinners from our first step of faith. So we've got nothing only what God has given us and we must remember that. And what he wants us to do and expects us to do is to keep pushing on. I think sometimes this is why Revelations actually is not preached that much in a lot of churches because actually this is quite hard stuff. I think that's why it starts with with the fact that we're blessed if we read it and we're blessed if we actually speak it out as well because this is what God is trying to do. He's trying to encourage us to keep going with him. In verse 6 it says but you do have this going for you. You hate what the Nicolaitans practice. Practices I also hate. It's believed and uh, I think it's borne out through history probably more so than what the Bible actually refers to. That The Nicolaitans, their problem was that they compromised their faith. So they decided, yes I believe in Christ, yes I believe he's as you know it's my salvation I, Yes, I believe in God but I'm willing to go this far and not that far yes I believe in God but I don't believe I need to get married yes I believe in God it's alright to have sex before marriage yes I believe in God but it's alright to lie yes I believe in you can go on and on and that's what the Nicolaitans were like is that they were willing to go so far but carried on committing sinful acts. They were drawing a line which actually God doesn't do. This is the part that really spoke to me this week and it's, uh, I couldn't get away from it actually and it's uh, chapter 2 verse 4, but I have this against you, you have departed from your first love. You can uh, find all sorts of commentaries about this and probably going in all sorts of different directions and it's quite hard sometimes to understand where we've come from. So I was trying to think back on my own journey and you can refer this actually, you can go into uh, uh, scripture and you can look at marriage because marriage is is spoken about as Christ being married to the church which is us. As well as talking about husbands and wife and this connection that goes on we know that god talks about children a lot in the bible so we see that uh, there's a connection between how god treats us as a father and how we're supposed to look after children and all those sorts of things how they all come together so what's first love um catherine and mine's relationship um I was thinking about this the other day. And again, not everybody does the same thing. But I think that if we're talking about true love, there's a difference between that than just people getting together for whatever reason. So our relationship started with um, apprehension, because somebody was pushing us together. And then as we got to know each other with friends, we actually found we wanted to spend more time together and more time together. And actually, my proposal was, we might as well get married now that doesn't sound sorry yes but it was a true statement we were spending so much time together and we wanted to spend more time together so what's the next logical step get married not very good am I Rosie (laughs) no (laughs) I'm a very practical person but that's what it was that's how I felt was this is daft, you know, let's get married because I just want to spend my life with you. And I wanted to get to know her better and more and I wanted to be with her more. Has that changed? Well, I think it probably changed a bit, you know, to get complacent about each other. What's happened now? Actually, I think we've grown closer than we've ever been. Um, Catherine was sharing with Rachel. We went and said goodnight to each other last night with the same words at exactly the same time, you know, and this is... (laughs) Uh, Your mum was laughing at us out there because we were saying similar things at the same time as well. You know, she's finding us highly amusing. But that's what we wanted. And that's what happened with us. My journey with Christ? Very similar. Uh, When I came to Christ, I was just hungry. I was hungry for his word which a lot of you have heard this before, I read the Bible from cover to cover, then went back to the beginning and just read through it again. I didn't understand a lot of it. I just wanted to... Cass lost me completely. Every minute I was just reading it, and I'm a very slow reader. I was hungry for fellowship. Every chance we got to go anywhere, whether it was Christians, we went. And I, it was we, wasn't it? We, you know, we had two young children. Sometimes we can let children stop us doing things. We had one... What was Christine about three? Four? So Simon was what, he was just one. So we had two very young children. Sometimes I would go out, sometimes Kath would go out, then we would try and go out as much as we could together. Anything that was on, anywhere, we went to it. Always went to church twice on Sunday. Our own church in the village, the meeting used to start about 6 o'clock and we were lucky if we we left there by 10. Because we just didn't want to go and other people who were with us didn't want to go. I was hungry for the knowledge of God and Jesus I went to a Bible study which was supposed to finish at 10 o'clock at night and I don't think I ever left until um, till after 1 in the morning. Usually it was 2 in the morning because I just wanted to know more and more. The person who was leading it did tell me some years later, he hadn't, didn't tell me at the time that he did exactly the same when he became a Christian. And I said, well, you've left me all these years feeling guilty for keeping you up for so long and now you tell me you did the same thing. Hungry for his spirit um in the 80s this is, this is what new front went about the time new frontier started um, there were some churches starting to move in the spirit there was others that were very traditional and um, we were hearing about it and didn't understand a lot of it and we're trying to understand it but i wanted it. it it the bible talks about it some of what i saw was false some of it was wasn't it was genuine so we wanted the true spirit, if you like. We wanted it in the way that actually God wanted to put it on us. I was hungry to share what we had re- relived. Sorry, what we had. Sorry, I'll get this right in a minute. Hungry to share what we had. Um, I was a pain in the neck, basically. And uh, the, yeah. <laughs> particularly when I got baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I actually knew I was, but I couldn't stop myself. It was quite a funny thing. I knew I was trying to rush here and rush there and do this and do that, and, and I just couldn't stop. I was hungry to serve. I wanted to do whatever God wanted us to do. That's when I came to the Lord. Did that continue? Yes, it did for a few years, but then we did hit a very dry spell where, if you like life got in the way God did warn us about it and then we had about 10 years of that and then we came back and I found the hunger was there again and it was as though we started again but moved on fairly quickly how do I feel now? I'm hungry for all these things again and I don't think that we're going to be pulling away from it this is our first love this is how we came to know Christ this is how we came to know God and we can lose that and we can lose it just by life I've had a few people complain to me about all the stuff that's on Facebook about what's happening in this country at the moment people having to go at other people because you voted this way and voted that way we're Christians let's believe in him Let's follow him. And this is the trouble. Life gets in our way and we actually let it and we mustn't. We've got to push it back and go back to our first love. Go back to Christ. Do we need to change? Verse 5. Therefore remember from what high state you have fallen and repent. Do the deeds you did at, at first. If not, I will come to you remove your lampstand from its place that is if you don't repent I find myself often at the moment I'm known preaching praying while worship's going on I actually find that if worship's going on it's proper worship I can get closer to God and I felt this was one thing that again I needed to do I needed to repent of things that I haven't done in the right way and areas where I needed to change and just face up to things that I need to do And we all need to do that. We all need to be actually all the time saying, God, you know, forgive me for where I'm not serving you in the way that you want me to serve you. I've got a few questions down here, and they are questions, and I think they're questions that we all need to keep asking ourselves. Is keeping face or not looking foolish more important than spreading the gospel? So many times we can be frightened of what other people will say, how they will perceive us, how they will react with us, that we might be rejected rather than speak out the truth of the Gospel. Is living becoming more important than living for Jesus Christ. And again, I think we're all dragged into that one way or another. Um, we've had an awful lot going on in this church over these uh, last months um, which me and Catherine have been tied up with a a bit of it which has taken a lot of our time but we've got a lot of stuff going on in life as well Um, we've been trying to sell a house to get rid of it um, for a while and there's been problems over that Uh, we've got a tenant who's causing us all sorts of problems in another house and those things can actually take us away from Christ and actually, one of the reasons we're selling this one house, we don't want the hassle. I, I was sharing with Keith the other day, I can, share, I can deal with the hassle of things in the church because to me that's productive. The hassle of things in the world, I'm not interested. I've lost it completely. I don't want it. And sometimes the hassle in the world actually could be simpler. But it's just that I just want to serve God. That's where he's got us. So I think it's important that we actually keep focusing on God. Again, look at this time this country's going through at the moment. Don't let this take over. Don't let this put you down and, and take you away from what God wants you to do. He's in charge. Have we lost humility and are we looking for glory for us instead of God? When we first become Christians actually um, well, I know with myself, I just felt totally, you know, inadequate, couldn't do anything. I was a very shy person actually, nobody got me up here doing this. Um, I used to try and overcome my fears, if you like, going to different seminars where I wanted to learn things. Because I used to hate it because at that time it was a, quite a common thing that you would go to a seminar and they split down into two and threes. and pray about this and, do, and I, I, I didn't like splitting down to two and threes I found it very hard to pray with other people at, at that time but I kept forcing myself to do things because I wanted to learn more and so if you like I felt totally inadequate but like anything else as you go on and you go on in your journey and you actually learn more and you do things more often you actually you can become self-sufficient we can lose our humility it's not about me And I don't want to stand up here for anybody to say that was good, that was bad or anything else. I want to stand here and I want to hear that God is good and actually I can hear God. I don't want you hearing my voice, I want you to hear God's voice. And we've got to hang on to that. The other thing that God has very much put on my heart um, for months and months now is to do with leadership because obviously all the time we're looking at leadership in the church and the church is... Is trying to expand and we're also looking at planting another church leadership becomes important but so often people look at leadership as though this is a kind of a blessing and actually I can be in control and I can do what I want to do anything else leadership is about responsibility and that's what a lot of people miss out on so if you like at the moment me and Keith are answerable to what goes on in this church because Keith's actually heading up the church and I'm trying to help him and I can't get away from that responsibility And Keith can't get away from it. So we have a responsibility for what goes on in the church. And we need to keep that in mind. And I think all of us need to. It's nothing to do with glory. It's the fact that we want to serve. And we want to do what God wants us to do. Is our church more important than Jesus' church? What do I mean by that? Sometimes we can get tied up with the church we're in, so this is Freedom Church, but actually Jesus' church is worldwide. I, was at a, I used to belong to a different church group and we were at a, a meeting some years ago, um, the leaders from all the churches were all together there and they, we would split down, I can't remember, probably about s- six of us round a table, I think six, eight or something like that round a table. And I can't remember the exact question, but it was to do with what was most important. And people were talking about their church and everything else, and I turned around and I I upset a few people on our table. And I said, well, the first thing is God, before anything else. The second thing is my wife, because Scripture tells me that, and my immediate family. The third thing was the church I was in, and the fourth thing was the organisation over it. Most people were put in the organisation first. I said, no, it's the last. God's first. My family's next because God tells me so. Third is the church I'm in, which I should be in because God's put me there. The organisation is the last. I met somebody some years ago and the only way I could explain what he was like, he was a New Frontiers groupie. <laughs> uh, he's... A very nice man, but I, he, he, I think he knew the name of every leader in New Frontiers. And he, all he talked about was New Frontiers. And I thought, no, <laughs> I'm not interested. Talk about the Bible, but I'm not interested. <laughs> and what was really funny about this, actually, he's no longer in New Frontiers at all. <laughs> so it's getting our place right. It's about Jesus. It's about Christ. It's about his church. It's nothing else. We've got to get back to our first love. We need to listen to what God is saying to us. That is what Revelations 2.7 is saying. The one who has an ear had better hear what the Spirit says. It's a bit actually tough, isn't it? Not just telling us you know, to hear it, saying we'd better hear it. The one who conquers, I will permit him to eat from the tree of life. That is, the pa- that is in paradise of God. There was, uh, something came up yesterday and I thought, yeah, and it's come up um, again on that walk I was on a few times. And again, I think sometimes we forget this, that we are Jesus' sheep. I just like sheep I worked with them once for a couple of months they're, they're the worst animals They're s- absolutely silly so does that explain why we're called sheep because <laughs> we're pretty obstinate because they were as well I could think of all sorts of connections but we are Jesus's sheep we are supposed to recognize his voice And I think sometimes we make a mistake whereby we're um, not listening hard enough and we're not actually trying to recognise how God is speaking to us. He speaks to us all in all sorts of different ways. Uh, and I think a lot of us will confess to this, that we can go into a prayer meeting and we spend all this time speaking to God and how long do we spend listening to Him? I think this is one of the reasons I like going out for these walks. I, I can I just get out of the house... I can actually, one time I used to like be in the middle of nowhere, but God has shown me how to ignore everybody around me. I actually do walk towards the countryside. But then he starts showing me things in nature and showing me things around. And actually I'm not praying that much. I'm not speaking that much, I'm looking for what he's saying to me. And I think we all need to do that a lot more. We need to hear God's voice. We need to understand the shepherd, we need to understand what Jesus is trying to say to us he's our shepherd he leads by example that's why we have the Bible that's the example he set for us he's given us the spirit God's given us this spirit that can speak to us it's the same spirit that was in Jesus when he walked the earth I think this is why again I think we get things a bit muddled up and we get confused you know is scripture saying Jesus is in us how is he in us he's in us by his spirit it's the spirit that he had on the earth. That's why the spirit had to be sent to us after Jesus left the earth. Now, some people might argue, well, this is, that's how I see it. I see that it's, that's interesting. Though. Jesus left and then he sent his spirit afterwards. He said, wait, do I send you what the, the Father has promised Then when we've heard his voice, what we need to do, and I think this is part of what Revelations is getting at, we need to act on it. This comes back to his first love. One of the things that I used to do was, if I felt God said something, I tried it. Somebody was on to me one day about Jesus speaking to them, and I can't remember how they said it happened, and I was, at that time, I was working on a farm, and I was in the middle of this field driving a, a tractor, and I just felt God gave me some scripture, and I didn't know it. And what he did was he gave me a, um, a book, a verse in the chapter. And I used to carry a little pocket Bible on the chapter with me and I quickly opened it up and read, in, read what was in there, driving along, watching what I'm doing. and you know, <laughs> Not the best of things to do. And I was absolutely thrilled because what I'd been praying about was the, the couple who had been so instrumental in leading me and Catherine on and they'd been taking the Bible study and everything else. I wanted to bless them. And the scripture I got, I can't remember what it was to this day, but it was a blessing. And I thought, that's absolutely spot on. And I couldn't wait to get home. I don't think I got home, actually. I think I stopped the tractor outside their house and I went in there and told them. They were bemused why I was there and why I was so excited. But God has spoken to me through his word for something to give them, which I wanted to do because I wanted to bless them. And again, it comes back to this first love. It comes back to, what are we expecting God to do? Do we expect him to work like that today? We need to. I want to end with two scriptures. John ten four. When he has brought us... Sorry. When he has brought all his own sheep out... He goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. We can't really follow Jesus properly unless we recognize his voice. And in John 10:27 it says, My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's our challenge because actually if we're hear- hearing Jesus' voice and we're following him, we'll be right with God. The emphasis church did a lot of things right but they started going wrong because they started i believe doing things in their own strength and they started neglecting where they started from let's not do that let's pray father god i just thank you lord for your word and some of it lord sometimes can be a bit hard but lord it's all there for our, our benefit lord your word does say that if we're not disciplined lord we're not truly your children. So, Father God, help us to put ourselves right in any areas that we're wrong in, Lord. Help us, Lord, if we've forgotten how we were when we first come to love you, Lord. And, Lord, if we've never been in that place, help us to get to that place, Lord. Show us how to love you properly. Show us, Lord, how to serve you properly. Show us, Lord, and give us understanding of Jesus' voice and help us to listen to it and act on it. In Jesus' name. Amen.